Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. You have one message. First message. Hey, Luke, it's Vinny. Hey, I also grew up watching and loving Flight of the Navigator. And I've been trying to look up movies that I could watch with my three boys that I grew up watching. And a couple months ago, Flight of the Navigator popped into my brain, but I couldn't remember what it was called. And I could have sworn it was Fred Savage. So I was looking up Fred Savage movies and I could not find it. Finally figured it out. But... When I showed it to my boys, they were kind of scared of what happened to him. I don't know. We watched it at night, and I don't remember being scared when I watched it, but they were a little scared, so that kind of tainted my reviewing. So it kind of didn't hold up for me because of that, but I'm curious what would have happened if I watched it with someone who remembered loving it. They absolutely loved the best scene in um, the spaceship with I Get Around playing. That was super fun still. Anyways, curious how it held up for you. Also, in your lament about not being able to reminisce about early 80s movies, I guess that means you're going to have to start a 40 pop podcast. Message erased. No remaining messages. From No You Media Group, this is 30 Pop, a weekly peek back in music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Bronner. This is Season 2, Episode 33, Weird Sequels and a War of Words. Today we're looking back at the week that ended Saturday, August 18, 1990. Hello friends and welcome back in time, sorta. One of the highlights of every single week for me is sitting down at this microphone to take you by the virtual hand and escort you into the proverbial time-traveling phone booth of our minds to revisit the little nostalgic bits of pop culture that helped shape who we are today. Specifically, the ones that have turned 30 over the past week. So, let's jump in, shall we? On August 15, 1990, the highest-grossing action heroine of all time, four-time Oscar nominee and one-time winner, Jennifer Lawrence was born. Most of us wouldn't come to know her until years later, but as it turns out, she was alive well before she was famous. Happy birthday, Jennifer. While her parents celebrated, presumably, upon her arrival in Indian Hills, Kentucky, on the other side of the country, there were much less happy things happening. Namely, the continuing public feud between rap legend Ice Cube and his former groupmates, Dr. Dre, MC Ren, DJ Yella, and Easy e known collectively, obviously, as N.W.A. Cube had left the group in late 1989 over financial disputes with the group's founding voice but least gifted MC, in my humble opinion, Eazy-E, and their manager, Jerry Heller. And frankly, he was right to do so. His tremendous talent, as well as that of the rest of the group, was being exploited for very little return relative to the group's success, as Heller and Eazy lined their pockets. It was a huge move to leave the group at the peak of that success, and it didn't come without a price. 30 years ago this week, NWA released their only EP, 
100 miles and running, in which two of the five tracks take direct aim at Ice Cube, labeling him as a traitor for leaving. But while the EP went gold within a couple short months and platinum within a couple years, it ultimately proved to be more costly for NWA than for Cube. All it did was provide Cube, arguably the genre's most gifted MC and lyricist at the time, the motivation he needed to fire back on his sophomore album and frankly, make them look pretty stupid. Nonetheless, the EP proved to be a strong addition to NWA's already strong repertoire. It was not, however, strong enough to topple the number one album in the nation for now 10 of the last 11 weeks from fellow West Coast rapper MC Hammer. Please, Hammer, don't hurt him. But you already knew that, I'm sure. For fun, a few of the other top albums in the country at this point in 1990. Coming in at number 10 was the soundtrack from the film Pretty Woman. At number 9 was Belle Biv DeVoe's Poison. Number 8 was Madonna's I'm Breathless, music from and inspired by the film Dick Tracy. At number 7, we had Keith Sweat's nasally vocal-laden I'll Give All My Love to You. Anita Baker was at number 6 with her album Compositions. The New Kids on the Block had slipped down to number 5 this week with Step by Step. Wilson Phillips had also slipped down one spot to number 3 with their self-titled debut. And at number 2 was the album Flesh and Blood by legendary rock band Poison. All that is to say, there was no error in the counting. MC Hammer was rightfully holding strong in that number one spot. The top single on the Billboard Hot 100 and Hot R&B and Hip Hop charts was, once again, Mariah Carey's Vision of Love. But we had new songs at the top of the Hot Rap and Hot Country charts. In rap, Above the Law was making their second appearance at number one in 1990 with their song, Untouchable. The previous single, the poorly titled Murder Rap, was number one for two straight weeks back in April of 1990. New to the top of the hot country chart was the Muscle Shoals Alabama Quintet Shenandoah, with the first of five singles off their gold-selling third studio album, Extra Mile. The biggest hit of their careers, Next to You, Next to Me. The number one film in the country this week in 1990 for its opening weekend was the mostly well-received third installment in what has since become the five-film, nearly three-quarters-of-a-billion-dollar Exorcist franchise. I never saw it, but I've seen the original, and frankly, I don't really see what all the fuss is about. But, as I've mentioned before, I don't much care for horror movies. Another film released that same weekend that I've also never seen, but that I would be interested in seeing today... Steve Martin, Rick Moranis, and Joan Cusack's crime comedy, My Blue Heaven. Vincenzo! Mama! Mama! Former gangster Vincent Vinnie Antonelli. I'm a new man. Is being placed under federal protection. Not the old me. Hidden in suburbia. This is the new me. Assigned his own personal FBI agent. Now, this is a real nice house. It's one of the nicest we've ever moved anyone like you into. Hey, Linda, what do you think? I always promised you a nice house somewhere in America. Let's not get carried away, okay, Vinny? Uh, it's going to be a lot easier if you two start calling each other Terry and Todd. It's a nice house, Terry, okay? No, you're Terry and he's Todd. When will for will call Thanks for everything. I really appreciate it. And even is nice. This is my job. I get paid. You don't tip FBI, man. Sure you do. That leads you to mine. The man is a government asset. He has to testify at two major mob trials in New York in the immediate future. Being in the witness protection program may save Vinny's life. Boom. I just want you to keep your nose clean. Capisce? You trying to say capiche? 
Yeah. Well, don't do it, because it hurts my ears when you do it. But who's going to save the suburbs from Vinny? You know, it's dangerous for you to be here in the frozen food section. Why is that? Because you could melt all this stuff. The comedy that asks the question, can an urban hood find suburban hood? Would you like to try a vanilla brand oat crunchy? What do you think? Steve Martin, Rick Moranis. Have a nice day. Up yours. I remember seeing the trailer for this one as a kid and having zero interest. In those days, I preferred Steve Martin with a long nose, Joan Cusack with a neck brace, and Rick Moranis with miniaturized children. So this just didn't appeal to me. But in researching it for this episode, my curiosity has been piqued. One, it was written by Nora Ephron, the brilliant mind that brought us When Harry Met Sally and Sleepless in Seattle. And two, it was written as a comedy sequel to another movie I love, not a comedy, that wouldn't release until a month later, the book for which was written by Ephron's husband years earlier. Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta, and Joe Pesci's Goodfellas, directed by Martin Scorsese. Apparently, Steve Martin's character in My Blue Heaven, Vinny, is based on the real-life American mobster Henry Hill, who's also the central character in Goodfellas. So I'll definitely be watching that one soon. If you've seen it, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Just click on the answering machine link in the show notes and leave me a message. If you do, you just may hear yourself on an upcoming bonus episode of 30 Pop. Speaking of bonus episodes of 30 Pop, I do release them here occasionally, but I'm about to start releasing even more of them elsewhere. In her message at the start of the episode, my friend Vinny mentioned the need for me to create a 40 Pop podcast so that I could go back and review classic 80s movies and music that I didn't get to cover on 30 Pop. And while it won't likely be called 40 Pop, that is essentially exactly the plan. I'll be recording and releasing bonus episodes of my favorite 30 pop segments like film depreciation, bad words, and baby making music that are not tied to exactly 30 years ago and releasing those for all the folks in our little neighborhood on Patreon. You can join that neighborhood for as little as $1 a month and I would love to have you. Like, a lot. I do want to offer a huge thank you and shout out to our newest neighbor and patron, Laura Summerhill, who, not even kidding, used to play banjo with Sufjan Stevens. Yes, I always make up some sort of phony retro rumor about new patrons, but this one isn't made up. She really did play banjo with Sufjan Stevens. And now you can be a part of the same neighborhood as her. All right, friends, besides golfer Wayne Grady's win at the PGA Championship 30 years ago this week, there's not much else to talk about today. I'll be back next week with one of my very favorite human beings and regular 30 Pop guests for a super fun episode. I hope you'll join me. Because honestly, there ain't no place that I'd rather be. Next to you, next to me. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Bronner. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. To check out more shows from Mill U Media Group, visit millumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 1990 that you want to share on the air, email 30poppodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>